Hello and welcome to Business Beyond Usual. My name is Yufuaku Obaide and I'm joined virtually by Robert Loop. Hi, Robert. How are you doing today? Hey, Fuiko. Great. How are you? Good, good. TGIF. Yes. In honor of Valentine's Day, we have a special episode today focused on dating and relationships at Ross. Getting an MBA is a major life decision. If you're also in a relationship, you may be wondering about how to navigate the decisions around both of you possibly moving to Ann Arbor or living in separate cities. If you're a single like me, you may be wondering if dating within the MBA program is common or frowned upon like in most work settings. We hope to shed some light on all these topics on today's episode. We are excited to cover this with the help of three special guests we have today, and we will be introducing them soon. And with that, let's introduce our panelists. We have some great panelists here who are going to share a bit about their experiences with us. So I'll let them give a brief intro about themselves in terms of their names, their year at Ross, and what their relationship status are. So we'll be starting with Sean Dremel. All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Sean Dremel. I'm an MBA too, and I am more or less single. More or less. We're going to unpack that soon. And how about you, Kevin? Hi, everyone. My name is Kevin Ojo. Um, I'm an MBA2 as well, and I am currently single. And we have Brittany. Hi, everyone. My name is Brittany Banks. I am an MBA1, and I am married to the amazing TJ Banks, who's an MBA2. Okay, that's amazing. <laughs> Robert is co-host with me, but then he's also married. So, Robert, please um, tell us your own relationship status. Yes, I am a second year MBA. This is Robert Loop, and I just got married in December. Um, and we were engaged at the time of um, enrolling at Ross. So uh, happy to chat about sort of that decision process through the the application um, and when a partner is involved. Great. And Afuiko, how about you? I'm still single. <laughs> single would be offended. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, over to you, Robert. Yes. So before we dive into sort of a detailed discussion on dating relationships at Ross, um, we usually at the beginning of the episode encourage people to reach out with questions they may have. The email to contact us at is bbupodcast at umich.edu. That's bbupodcast at umich.edu. And we're really excited today because we actually have two listener questions and we're going to have our panelists help with answering them. So our first question is from Cynthia. She says, hello, I love the podcast. You guys are awesome. I actually have a simple question. I couldn't visit Michigan Ross. So I would like to know on day-to-day, how do people dress? Is it informal or do everyday students dress pretty formally? Um, What is expected? And uh, she also says, thank you. And feel free to talk more about day-to-day classes and interactions. Best regards. Hope to meet you someday. All right. So uh, maybe Kevin... Uh, you can go first. What's your take on how people typically dress when they're headed to class at Ross? Uh, hi, hi, Robert. I, I think that's an, that's an interesting question. Um, for me, I perhaps it's cultural. I typically like dress up um, to work or like when I'm going out. So I think I put a little effort into it, but I, I can't say that about everyone. And uh, what I would say is now that like things are virtual, I'm pretty much in my um, like slacks at home all the time so it's pretty pretty chill but then like hopefully when school does open up i can uh pull out my wardrobe again 
Definitely. There's definitely some uh, nice clothes in my closet that uh, haven't seen the light of day in a long time. Um, Sean, what do you think? Yeah, I would say it's definitely a spectrum. Um, I think you have some folks who maybe are looking to re-inhabit some of their undergrad wardrobe preferences and, and kind of rock the sweatpants look. Um, and then you have folks on the opposite side of the spectrum who you know, are wearing a tie every day, kind of wearing a, a suit even. Um, so I think it just kind of depends on personal preference. Definitely. Yeah, there, there's definitely um, you know, no shame in the people who want to dress super casual, but it is very common to see people fully dressed up for an interview on campus. Um, Brittany, you have any other thoughts? So my experience is a little bit different because I entered the program under COVID lockdown, but I will say when we did um, have the the option of being hybrid, when I did go into class that one day, I was fully dressed up just because, again, I didn't, I haven't been going out. I haven't been using like all my wardrobe. So it was an opportunity for me to, um, to really showcase my style off of Zoom. Awesome. If we go, you have any, any final thoughts on wardrobe, Ross? Well, I think it's based on your personal preference. For me, it's always very informal, very comfortable. Um, except maybe I'm attending a recruiting event where I have to make an effort by put on a suit or something. And fun fact, I'm in the same section with Kevin and Sean. And I think Kevin really enjoys dressing to class because he he would spend so much time in front of the mirror, like making sure his shoes matches his jacket or his mom, you know, matches the color of his coat. So, yeah. Yeah, so that's it for me. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I invested a little into uh, a couple of blazers. So um, I guess uh, I have to let the, the world see it. Awesome, awesome. All right, on to our second listener question. Uh, this comes from Olivia. She says, hello, team at Business Beyond Usual. I enjoyed listening to your episodes regarding admissions. I found them to be helpful, informative, and inspiring. Have any of you ever traveled internationally through the program? If so, how does it compare to undergraduate studies such as study abroad? Thank you, Olivia. Now, I know in COVID, obviously, we haven't been doing any traveling, but maybe um, if anyone wants to weigh in on traveling they did pre-COVID through the program or maybe, Brittany, traveling you hope to do um, in the future. Um, maybe we just go same order. How about Kevin? Um, let me see. I don't think I have actually engaged in traveling through the program. Um, during, we're supposed to like travel to the UK during MAP. Um, that was a big reason why I picked my project because I wanted to um, travel, travel to London. Um, but unfortunately, we weren't able to do so. Um, so at least like hoping that, I mean, it will be difficult for things to open up right now. But then um, it, business school typically is a great opportunity to travel internationally. And um, Hopefully, once we transition to some semblance of normality, um, we can do that again. John? Yeah, so I, I haven't traveled for a project or for a course, but I did partake, um, fortunately, in MTrack, um, which happened right before we started um, on campus in the fall. And I had the opportunity to travel to Vietnam with probably 10, other, 10 15 other MBAs with whom I had never met in my life in a new country that I had never explored in my life. Um, and for me, that was probably one of the most impactful ways um, to really start my MBA experience and really get to know um, kind of who else I'd be partaking in this two-year experience with. Awesome, awesome. Yes, MTrek was definitely a highlight for uh, plenty of people in the class. Uh, Brittany, uh, maybe a trip you hope to do or some type of travel you hope to do once the world's a bit normal. Yeah, so... Um... 
I would love to, I guess, lead an M-Track because that was one of the things that stood out to me as part of Ross's program. And unfortunately, we weren't able to participate as like MBA ones this year, but leading one would be great. Um, and then MAP also does offer a great opportunity to be take an international um, MAP project. And so my MAP project is actually Israeli-based. So, you know, in a perfect world, I would be going to Israel. Um, and then also because I'm focused on healthcare, there is a Washington DC residential program as well. So next year, if I decide to take that, hopefully if everything is open, I would love to um, participate in that program as well. But I think that just goes to show you that Ross has, um, so many opportunities for you to take advantage of like the travel aspect of business school. Just like also just to add a little bit, um, so I did organize a trip um, to Ghana um, for a couple of my MBA um, classmates. So about a group of 10 um, in, I think it was 2019. So like right before um, the pandemic, I think that was like the last travel I did. Um, but it, it was great, like a group of 10, 10 um, fellow MBA students exploring my home country. Super cool. Uh, Fuego, anything you want to add? I think everyone has pretty much covered it up. I went on a trip, but then this was for pleasure to Colombia with a bunch of friends. And it was pretty nice to explore a new city with uh, my friends. So yeah, there is a lot of opportunity to travel. But unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't gotten to explore as much as we want to. But then hopefully um, for prospective candidates, when you're thinking about coming to Ross, maybe sometime in the future, things might be back to some semblance of normality. So I'm sure there'd be tons of opportunity to travel to different countries. Okay, thanks everyone. Now, before moving on to the next segment, we have a short message from one of our um, sponsors, which is Sanger Leadership Center. All right, so Sanger Leadership Center. The Sanger Leadership Center believes that leadership is a skill, like reading or math, that everyone can learn. It seeks to democratize the leadership development process by providing access to bold ideas, transformative experiences, and inclusive communities needed to self-guide and accelerate leadership development. One such transformative experience is StoryLab. StoryLab develops executive-level presence and communication skills through storytelling, workshops, and events. To be an effective leader at work, in the community, or in your personal life, you must be able to communicate with impact. Often this means telling stories that are meaningful to you and others, and doing so in the rich language and expressive style of a seasoned storyteller. At the StoryLab Retreat on February 18th and 19th, you'll have a fun and immersive experience and an opportunity to hone your skills in a safe and supportive environment. Deadline to apply is February 7th. Check out the Sanger Leadership website for more information. All right. Thank you, Sanger Leadership Center, for sponsoring today's episode. Now uh, we're going to dive into the uh, main segment for today, and that is talking about dating relationships. So to start us off, we actually have a little bit of data. We know uh, MBA students love data. So we have a little bit of data on um, the uh, current Ross community uh, and the rate at which people are in relationships. So in any given year, about a third of Ross students have a partner. Those are people who are on the day they arrive at, let's say, orientation. Um, and the program office believes that is a bit higher than uh, peer MBA schools, especially ones in bigger cities. And then for our class, the class of 2021, there are currently 13 couples who are um, attending Ross as a couple. Both people in the couple are students. And then in the class of 2022, nine people um, 
are both students together. And interestingly, um, 6% of current students have a child. So um, you definitely don't need to be uh, single and um, you know you don't need to be in a certain stage of your life to pursue an MBA. You can be in any stage of your life. So uh, maybe uh, starting with that, maybe I'll put Brittany, I'll put you on the spot since you're uh, one of the people that uh, meet this criteria. Uh, what was it like first when when TJ was applying? Um, you know those sort of life discussions on how will things change once you're in, and then what was it like uh, once you were admitted and sort of both of you would be would be students. Yeah, that's a great question and a question that a lot of people ask us. Um, During the application process, I think it was difficult for me to really put myself in his shoes. So unless you're you're in the actual process, it's really, really hard to understand what pushes and pulls and tugs and what you need to focus on. It's a very, very delicate balance when you're applying and then also trying to work on a full-time job. I I don't think that I really understood that and grasped that fully. We did try to guess what life is going to be like, but you really just don't know until you actually like put your your feet down and touch down in Ann Arbor. Um, but you know, to be honest, when he started his MBA, it was a complete nightmare. So we uprooted from like the warmth and the southern hospitality of Atlanta, Georgia, and I had actually just started a new job. And so while TJ, he had a formal program to like meet other students and really get to learn Ann Arbor. I was feeling pretty isolated. Um, so I, I felt like I was just trying to balance like the emotional and the financial security that we had and make sure that the home was like tight and right and everything. And he was trying to make sure that he was balancing his responsibilities as a student leader while also making sure that I wasn't feeling left behind. Um, so we were just out of our groove. We were out of our element. Um, and it took us a minute, but we regained our footing and we, we, we definitely had to adapt. And as TJ progressed through his program, you know, I started becoming more and more integrated into the Michigan community. And so when I decided to get my MBA and I started my MBA journey, um, it was very, very easy for me to, to select Ross because I, I had that year under my belt. I understood the benefits that the Ross MBA brings to its community. So um, I'll say that I have it now pretty easy from a relationship standpoint, just because we had that that year to get the kinks out. Um, and then TJ definitely cleared the way for me. Um, so I'm super grateful that I had this opportunity to experience this with my best friend. And um, we're really, truly a Wolverine family. So I, I wouldn't have done it any other way. That's awesome. Yeah, it definitely uh, is a unique experience you have. And, and pretty cool you had someone to sort of... Uh... You know, you had, you had your glimpse in before before becoming a full-blown uh, member yourself. Um, if Waco, you want to take us away with the rest of the questions for our panelists here? Yeah. So I know one of the things people tend to say is the MBA is a relationship killer. I mean, I've gone online and I've read articles that say that. But I'm also curious to get, to get um, some of the um, perspectives of the people on this conversation. So I'd like to start with Sean in terms of what do you think? Do you think the MBA program is a relationship killer, specifically thinking about when or if you are in a relationship post-Ross and how, what happened or how did it turn out? Yeah, great question. So before I give the direct answer, I'll provide a little bit of a preface. Um, I actually did enter Ross happily partnered with a boyfriend. Um, Sadly, at the time, at least that was dissolved probably within a month or two. Um, of beginning the program, and I was warned about this so-called turkey drop or, you know, synonym for kind of relationship killer that the MBA program can be. 
Um, I likened my uh, breakup more so to a punk and drop because it did happen so much earlier in the term um, than most. But even so, um, I would wholeheartedly say that the MBA program is by no means a relationship killer. Um, our personal reasons for breaking up had absolutely nothing to do with the program. Um, I think that the MBA program has the potential to surface potentially weaker spots in a relationship and also reiterate and reaffirm um, your commitment to that person. Um, each couple, I would imagine, you know, kind of has their own tips and compromises and ways of adjusting that are unique to them and may or may not work for another couple. Some people make long distance work. Others, as we've heard, have you know, moved cross country to make that work and to be close. The biggest thing in my mind, I think, is being super transparent, proactive, and as much as possible, um, engaging in timely communication. So long answer of short, or short answer long, one of the two MBA programs I would say is not a relationship killer. Okay, well, you gave some great insights there. So I'm sure our listeners would, you know, be jotting some things down and taking some pointers going forward. But I'm also curious to hear Robert's perspective because he came in dating someone and he's going to graduate married to the same person. So, I mean, what, what, what did you do that really worked? How did you balance our crazy schedule and still at the same time being there for your partner? Sure. So I actually am going to say something a bit similar to what Sean just mentioned. Sean mentioned this whole process makes, makes issues emerge or, you know, reiterates the commitment in a relationship. I would call it a relationship accelerant. Um, basically, if it's if it's meant to be, you know, you're going to have those conversations sooner. If it's not, you're also going to have conversations sooner. So, you know, um, applying, probably starting to think about applying over around a year before actually hitting the submit button. We had the conversation about that far in advance that, hey, you know, I know this might be a little awkward to talk about now, but yeah, I might be moving across the country a little over a year from now. And we sort of decided, well, by then, either we'll need to have a pretty serious commitment long term, or that'll be that. So, so we sort of, even though I wasn't proposing to my then girlfriend at that moment, it was sort of like, we're, we're headed in that direction. Um, this will be worthwhile long term to stay together uh, through the MBA process if we're getting married. Um, otherwise, otherwise, it might be a, a cordial goodbye, uh, even though that might sound kind of sad you do kind of need to let the people in your life in on this big decision um, while you're, while you're thinking about it. Cause even just applying is, is uh, at least a part-time job. I'm not going to say it's a full-time job, but it's a big process. That is true. Um, I'm curious to hear your perspective, Kevin, were you in a relationship before coming to school? Yeah, um, so actually very interesting insights. I was not in a relationship um, before coming to school. And I think um, the knowledge that I was going to apply to come to business school was a big part of why I wasn't in a, in a relationship. Because um, So my individual context is being an essential student from Ghana. Um, I felt that I was basically transplanting my life from like one continent to another. And I felt that it would be difficult to be able to like manage a new relationship because um, I feel like I, I had a cutoff point if I wasn't in a relationship by that point, I wasn't going to try and get into one, maybe just like a year before coming to business school. Um, so when it comes to the question, um, I do feel like in some, to some sense, the MBA does create a particular stress on relationships. I mean, you guys gave a lot of data. I was, I was hoping I would hear some data in terms of the number of people who came into the MBA in a relationship and then got out of one. 
that would be very interesting to <laughs> pertinent to this conversation. But then I do think it's it's uh it's very common to speak to people who came into the MBA in a relationship and um just like the rigors or the stresses of like the MBA process or like recruiting and just like how especially like when we were in person how constantly immersed we were in like our community um left like partners feeling isolated um in their relationships so um that i mean inevitably led to a number of people um changing their relationship status um so i don't feel like it's a killer in the sense of like a grim reaper around your dating profile but then i do think that the mba program does stress um relationships and uh, if you are extremely intentional about keeping the relationship alive um it could meet a rather grim demise that's a great perspective for me i think i made a mistake in terms of i got into a relationship like what four months before coming to business school well that could work for some people but for me i'm an international student and Honestly, I thought it would work, you know, come to school, then maybe fly back home sometimes to see him and then, you know, we had all this excitement about a new relationship. But as school started to draw near, I knew that I wouldn't be able to do this one distance and I felt like I I was going to be going through a lot in school in terms of adaptation and everything. So, ultimately, we broke up before coming to business school. And looking back, I think it was a good idea to do that because honestly, <laughs> going through the whole rigors of trying to adapt to a new environment, you know, trying to find your way through classes, through recruiting, through um, socializing and just trying to be really present. It is a lot of work, to be honest. So for well, so for me, I would say, um, is the MBA program a relationship killer? No. But then does it like make your relationship stronger? I would say yes, if you're able to go through it. But yeah, those are our perspectives. So our next question would be in terms of if you dated a non-MBA student, how did you balance that out? And I believe Sean has some great insights in terms of how he did this. So it would be great if you could give our listeners some of the things you did that, you know, even though the relationship isn't here right now, but then some of your learnings from that time. Yeah, absolutely. So the breakup that I mentioned earlier, for better or for worse, um, really gave me the opportunity to explore the dating um, scene in Ann Arbor. And I would say during my first year, I wouldn't say I dated so much as I went on dates. Um, I wasn't wholeheartedly invested in finding another boyfriend, if you will, um, but I did at least want to just meet fellow graduate students, um, no more undergrads for me, and build potential connections outside of Ross. Um, so for me, the balance wasn't too strenuous of a task. You know, I could easily carve out an hour or two for drinks or for brunch, which I would have you know, likely been doing otherwise with my roommates or classmates on a few days um, on any given month. Um, some months were drier than others, certainly. Um, I'll put it that way. But overall, I think if you go into it with some sense of intentionality and um, just knowing what you want out of it, then I think um, it's definitely possible to balance, balance both aspects of, of an intensive MBA program um, with dating in the community as well. Thanks for that, Sean. Um, Robert, is there anything you would like to add on to that? Sure. So my so starting first year, then she was my fiance. Um, my fiance who works in San Francisco, um, and I would would set a goal of try to see each other at least every three weeks. So that would involve either you know if if you look at the 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 class schedule, you know we start in September, 
And then that's a bit of a stretch until Thanksgiving break. But then after you have Thanksgiving break, it's a short stretch between there and Christmas break. So, you know, if you look at if you look at the length of the schedule, um, you can actually accomplish it pretty easily, um, seeing each other at a at decent frequency when you leverage, um, you know, all the breaks and things like that. So she came out for some football games and that was a great opportunity for her to meet classmates who were super welcoming. I would say, um, you know, she had a great time getting to know my fellow classmates and, and they welcomed her with open arms. Would even get excited uh, when she, they would hear that she was coming to visit soon. So um, she really always felt welcome in Ann Arbor. And, you know, with recruiting, pre-COVID, of course, I was targeting landing in San Francisco after graduation. So I was flying out at a decent frequency to interview at different places. So between, you know, our her visit to Ann Arbor, my visits for recruiting, holiday breaks, it was pretty manageable. And then the school year ends at the end of April, beginning of May. So then oh, there's only eight months minus the holiday break where we're actually in Ann Arbor taking classes. You can really manage it if you're if you're trying to travel back and forth to um, uh, keep in touch with your partner who's working in another city. So fortunately, uh, my internship, well, would have been based in the Bay Area, but then was virtual. Through all summer, I was able to to be with her. So um, managing the distance wasn't too tough. Now with COVID, we're together every day. There's there's no real need to be to be separated geographically at the moment. But um, that's how we managed it through through her visit to Ann Arbor, my visits for recruiting. I feel like trying to, you know, have um, an optimistic mindset. One thing that COVID has really helped MBA students with partners is they've gotten to spend like time together, you know, and just really get to bond and really get to build their relationships, which is a good thing for relationships. I wish I was in a relationship during this time, you know, just like <laughs> your partner. <laughs> uh, so my next question would be for Kevin. I know you are dating an MBA student, so I'm, I would like to. I would like you to give us some perspective on what it's like to be getting an MBA and at the same time dating an MBA student. Yeah, Fuego, um, pretty interesting. So um, I did get into a relationship when I um, like sometime during during my first year, and I think there's a lot of value, uh, or it's pretty understandable wanting to date somebody who's. Sharing similar experiences. I mean, we're all, a lot of uh, single and attractive people on campus, so it's it's pretty understandable. Like when you find each other, um, and just like having people who like understand the rigors of the MBA program and are able to support you through that, like support you through recruiting, um, having a terrible like test and stuff like that. So it's it's pretty interesting. But then I think that the challenge comes um, because I think we're at stages in our lives where we're pretty long term in terms of like our perspective. Um, because like thinking about the nature of like the MBA co- program and ambiguity when it comes to recruiting, um, it makes it pretty difficult to manage these like some some relationships because um, trying to figure out what the next step is like beyond like this stage. So my partner was um, an MBA two at the time, and once she graduated, I think it added like a different level of stress that wasn't present when we were both students. So what I would say is um, it's pretty important to um, be extremely intentional about what your objectives going into a relationship are. Um, be true to yourself and be true to the person that you're getting in to the into the relationship with, and also. Um, 
not just like think about the short term, but then also it's very important to discuss like what happens like once you're done with your MBA program. Because like, I mean, it's want to pause right now in a little bubble, but then life does like resume once you graduate. So it's important to like think about that. Thank you, Kevin. Um, earlier on, Brittany shared her perspective of what it was, what it's like to be an NBA student, getting an NBA student, and even before that, being a partner to an NBA student. So um, I'm curious to know when you were a partner to an MBA student, what what were some strategies that worked for you in terms of being able to, you know, keep everything together? Because I'm sure it must have been, you know, a stressful time for you as well, going through the whole adaptation of having your whole routine changing. Yeah. Um, so communication was essential for us to really make it through the transition period. Um, I needed to, he needed to communicate to me what he needed from me as a student. So that was literally being his support and not bugging him to spend time with me when he was clearly preparing for a group project. And I just didn't really understand Um, so, and then I also need to communicate with him. Like, yeah, I just worked for like nine to five or, or, or whatever. It's been a pretty stressful day. Like I would love to just relax with you at five o'clock. Like let's watch Netflix. So we definitely had different needs and coming together and communicating that we were able to develop a plan like, okay, so on this day, this is your less busy day. Um, you don't have very many classes. So we'll say that night or the night before, like we'll, we'll schedule, it's, it's not really sexy, but we'll schedule together time. And we'll make sure that like, that is when we don't have any phones, no emails, we're not checking for work. He's not checking for school, but we knew every week that regardless of the crazy chaotic stuff that was happening, we had that time dedicated to each other. So when I speak to, um, prospective students, partners who are going through this process, that's one thing that I tell them, uh, I say to them, like, Communicate what you need prior to the program. Try to develop a strategy, um, a schedule, if quality time is what you need, and bake that in. I mean, we are navigating by our calendars. Our Google calendars get filled up so quickly. Put in a time, and we'll we'll make it work. So that's like the biggest um, thing of advice that I would give. Schedule that time if that's what you need, um, and then kind of everything will will flow from there as long as you communicate with each other. And now that you're also an MBA student and he is an MBA student, like what other, have you had to make other changes now to your schedule or to how things have been working out for you guys? Um, I don't think that we, so because we had a year under our belts, I don't think that we, it kind of just flowed naturally. Um, So we're living two different lives, but together. Now we do have some friend groups that kind of overlap. So that's one thing that was a really, um, a positive change that was different from this year and last year. But I think that we, um, we've been practicing at it so much that we're able to kind of integrate both of our different schedules, um, into like a cohesive, like, this is how our household navigates. So, um, yeah, I, but I will also say because we're staggered our education, that was one thing that we were taking into consideration. So TJ has his full-time offer. He's going to be with a company that's based in Raleigh, North Carolina, but I'm still going to be here in Ann Arbor trying to finish out my education. So one thing that we did um, was we communicated, okay, well, I would love it if he was here in Ann Arbor. He was able to negotiate with his 
company to work remotely. And I think COVID also helped out with this, but to work remotely so that we can stay here and support each other because I know what it is like to now be an MBA student. He knows what it's like to be an MBA student and not have the support to hold down the house. So like we're, we're, we're making it work for us. And that I think is going to be like the next big adventure that we kind of tackle. Like how do we work post MBA? Um, it's like the roles are reversed. So it's going to be interesting, but because we made it through our first year, I know we'll be able to, we'll be able to handle it for sure. That sounds so exciting. So much changes on the horizon. Brittany, I want to, you, you reminded me of something I forgot to mention. Um, when you talk about making time, uh, finding ways to coordinate with someone who's on a, just a completely different schedule. Um, I, uh, now with COVID, since, since my wife and I are, you know, in the same place, I'm doing my studying, she's doing her, her work. It is kind of funny how different the daily schedule of someone who works a full-time job is compared to a student. So, uh, being in the same place and, and actually like, you know, versus in the past, I would be in Ann Arbor. She would be in San Francisco doing her work. We're in the same physical space doing our respective things. Um, it is funny if you don't intentionally set time, how, how odd your schedules are. Like, you know, I get a lot of homework done at night. She finishes all her work by five o'clock every evening. So uh, it does require a little bit of coordination. Thanks for that, Robert. So this question goes to the single people in the house. The question is, what's the dating pool like? Sean, would you like to kick us off with your perspective? Sure. So I definitely have the same question um, at certain points coming from a big city like San Francisco where that pool is basically overflowing. Um, and as a gay man, I think the pool is naturally already a little bit more limited. Um, and if you also then filter for only other graduate students, Roth not included, um, then that pool does shrink a little bit more. Um, which has meant I've needed to, in some cases, really expand my radius on the apps, um, if that is a feature, to really include, you know, a larger subset of, of guys in the lineup. Um, that said, I do think all the dates that I've been on um, were with very similar-minded, very smart, and driven individuals. So those conversations, I think, um, were really great to have, but also keeping in mind at the same time that a place like University of Michigan like Ann Arbor, it tends to be a little bit transitory. So folks that I met are going to vastly different locations doing vastly different things. Um, so keeping that in the back of my mind kind of grounded me in those conversations and what I wanted out of them. Um, but if I, if I had to sum it up, I would say for me personally, um, the dating pool has very much ensured that I remain focused on my studies at Ross. <laughs> <laughs> So that leads me to my second question for Sean. So would you say yay or nay for dating apps? My answer to this question, I think, would be both yay and nay. Um, having an app can serve as a nice diversion if you need a little reprieve from schoolwork. Um, I think sometimes if you're feeling conversationally inclined, it's kind of nice to chat with someone about non-MBA topics. Nay, I would say, because sometimes I only have so much energy and capacity for, for scroll, scrolls and swipes and taps and whatever lingo applies to the app du jour. Um, but either way, I think if you level set um, with yourself about why you're using the app, um, what you want out of it, and maybe not take it too seriously, um, then I think dating apps are, are just fine and can add a nice little supplement to, uh, to the Ross experience. Maybe one side note that I did have with this. I was at the time preparing for my internship in what I thought would be San Francisco. So I actually downloaded Hinge probably during Maps, so probably like March or April 
set my location for San Francisco in anticipation of eventually meeting up in person with um, these individuals. But although that did not happen, I actually did uh, manage to secure a few successful Zoom coffee chat dates out of uh, that experience. So That is nice. So how about you, Kevin? Would you say yay or nay for dating apps? Um, I say similar to Sean, both yay and nay. Um, I would say more nay um, before COVID because I thought, um, I, I think I got really fatigued with dating apps, like especially like the, the swipes. It just like, I feel like it brings the, the relationship down to just like focusing on, I mean, not, I feel like to me, not the most important things. Um, but then I think with COVID, it's been more difficult to meet people. So uh, I, I think yeah, a few of us have had a, like a dating app relapse. So um, going back to the dating apps to try and build connections. Um, and what's great about Michigan, um, I mean, University of Michigan is that there are so many amazing people, I mean, within Ross and, and outside. So you're able to build connections with a lot of like-minded people. Um, so at least that's that's great. That's, uh, at least for me, I think a larger um, dating pool. Um, so that's that's uh, that's something to be happy about, I guess. So your thoughts on the dating pool is the dating pool is large. Is that what you're saying? I wouldn't say large. I would say <laughs> I would say once we're able to get out, be outside again, it would be a more interesting time in an harbor. Okay, sounds good. What about you, Afuego? <laughs> For the dating pool, honestly, it depends on what you're looking for. You know, so if you're someone like me who's from Nigeria and hoping to date a fellow Nigerian, you know, you might be mostly out of luck if that's what you're looking for. But then, of course, if you're looking to meet a lot of diverse people, there is, I would say the dating pool is really large in that regards. There are so many people from different parts of the world here, so many people in different schools here. So you do have a lot of options if that's what you're looking for. In terms of the dating apps, honestly, I would say yay or nay. I don't think there's a specific answer because I moved from Coffee Meets Bagel to Hinge to Tinder to back to Hinge and I finally resigned. (laughs) For me, it was an interesting experience because I came from a country where dating apps are not really the thing. You know, we just meet people organically through a friend of a friend or from work. So I had to learn, you know, how to set up a profile, how to put pictures that say something and how to put like really smart introductions or lines and everything. But, you know, I kept having the same conversations with people and I just became tired. I mean, I went on a few dates, but I just I just give it up. But if but um, I do have friends that have found like really good success in this dating app. So I'm sure those people, if they were here, if they were here, they would also say yay. So you have a lot of options. Okay, thanks everyone. Now, before moving on to the next segment, we have a short message from our second sponsor, the Ross Energy Club. The Energy Club at Ross is a group of talented University of Michigan students who share an interest in energy. The club's mission is to provide members with education and employment opportunities in the energy industry that enables members to become leaders of the energy transition. Recently, The Energy Cloud worked on an initiative to propose and gain community support for updates and improvements to a carbon neutrality plan released by the University of Michigan in December 2020, and is continuing to evaluate opportunities to engage with and influence the commission. 
The public comment portal for the Commission's first draft is closed, but you have the opportunity to lend your support to the changes proposed by the Energy Club by visiting the club's website and signing the PCCN committee letter. You can search for the Energy Club at Ross on Google or on campus groups. Signatures will continue to be fed into the Commission to highlight the broad support for putting the University on the path to be the leaders and best in terms of achieving carbon neutrality. Thank you, Ross Energy Club, for sponsoring the show. Thank you, Ross Energy Club. All right, so for uh, just to wrap up the show, um, we can just go around and we just want to know, do you have any other advice for people who are single, single and seeking and in a relationship? And maybe we, if we can we go to you first. So for advice to prospective students who are single and seeking a relationship, I would say come open-minded and you have the opportunity to meet a lot of students and yeah, just have fun. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Kevin? So my advice would be to be intentional um, in every relationship you're building. Um, be true to yourself what the objective is and to, the, and to, to your partner. And um, yeah, so that, that would be it. Awesome. Sean? Yeah, I, I also would say intentionality, but would add prioritization and adaptability. So I think whether you're single, single and seeking, or in a relationship, or maybe even transitioning into or between any of these categories, I think it's important for you personally um, to understand like what is most important. How do you want to spend the next two years of your life and why? Um, once you have a solid grasp on that, then I think it is about, as Kevin said, being intentional and acting on those priorities. Um, and without prioritization and intentionality established, uh, I think it's just as important to be adaptable. I think sometimes as much as we try to exert control of our life, things change. Um, and maybe we'll have to make a compromise here or there, or maybe timing is not working out. Or maybe we even actually meet someone special that you really weren't trying to at, at the time. Um, so I think in combination, prioritization, intentionality, and adaptability um, will set you up for success in, in whatever status you have. Great advice, great advice. Intentionality and adaptability. I completely agree. Uh, Brittany? You guys took all the good ones. So um, <laughs> let me um, go back to the drawing board. I, I would say, okay, so as a partner, I would try to fit in to the community like however you can. So your student is going through this program, but Ross in particular offers so many opportunities for partners to kind of get their hands dirty and really become ingrained in the community. And that was one of the things that helped me um, during that first year where, you know, it was just a hot mess trying to deal with this. Um, from a MBA student perspective for your partner, making room for them um, as you're going through this process. So one great thing that TJ did was he brought me with him to the club fair. So I got to see all the offerings that were on, like that were happening at Ross. And I was able to meet um, some of the students who are running organizations that actually had spots for partners. So partners, take the initiative. There, there's opportunities for you to be a Rosser, so to speak. And for the MBA students, make room give them the, your partner an opportunity to to join the community and learn and um, I guess grow with you as part of the Ross experience. I mean, I would uh, I would say that um, I think like TJ did a really good job and, and, and Brittany as well. Um, I think the first time at Brittany, I thought she, for, for a while she was a student <laughs> in, in a different section because she was like, 
around like a lot of the events, like uh, Brittany was always around and like extremely welcome in the Ross community. So I think um, basically like what, um, just like rehashing what Brittany said, if you have a partner who is accompanying you to like Ann Arbor, it's very important to make sure that she, she or he feels welcome in the community. Um, because like I said, um, it can be extremely, it can be a, an extremely isolating experience and if not. For sure. And definitely would want to shout out the Partners Club. It's the Very Rich Club with a very excellent newsletter that my wife subscribes to and she enjoys reading it every month. Um, so that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for being on. Um, any, any sort of parting words from any of our special panelists today? No? Well, all right. Um, the only thing I'd like to add in closing is um, Michigan alum Tom Brady plays in the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, this will air after the Super Bowl. So I'd like to make a early congrats to uh, seven-time world champion Tom Brady. Um, and that's it. If Waco, anything else you want to add? No, nothing at all. I think we've pretty much covered it. All right. Well, then if we are wrapping it up... Business Beyond Usual is brought to you by the Ross School of Business at the University of Michigan. Executive producers are Jeff Church, Bob Needham, and Katie Coleman. Today's episode was recorded by Fuego and I. I'd like to thank all of our panelists, Sean, Brittany, and Kevin, for joining and contributing, and Jonah Brockman, who did our editing today. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, go blue, and this is Business Beyond Usual.